Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you, so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Wait till you hear about today's invention. On the show, I have husband and wife duo Taylor and Brennan Clark. They are the founders of a company called Amberella, which was founded in 2016. Amberella makes really interesting lollipops of all things, and their lollipops actually are seed bearing, meaning that you can use the stick on the lollipop planted in the garden and soon you'll have the herbs and the flowers that you might have just sucked on in the lollipop flavor that you enjoyed. All their products are organic, vegan, and non-GMO. They're gluten, dairy, nut, soy, artificial, dye-free. You would almost say they're healthy and they probably are. Enjoy today's episode of The Business of You as you hear how Taylor and Brennan Clark got this nifty idea, and actually made their dream a reality. Taylor and Brennan Clark, it's so good to have you on the Business of You podcast today. I'm so excited to hear your story of how you started your business. Welcome. Great, Rachel. Thank you so much for having us. So your company is called Amberella Organics, and you make something I've never in my life seen before and plan to be buying for Easter for all the little people in my life and maybe even some of the big people. But you make a lollipop that is organic and um, has different herbs and flowers and unique things in it. And then the stick is also plantable. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got this idea to start this type of company and come up with these products. Yeah, so I had the um, I had the idea just kind of daydreaming while gardening in my backyard. Um, I was watering the tomatoes and I got the smell of, of the tomato leaves that you only get from watering tomatoes. It's this very um, distinct smell and it brought me back to watering my grandma's tomatoes um on her balcony and she had passed years before but those it brought me right back the smell and the act of watering those tomatoes and i just really was inspired to want to give that to the next generation um a way for grandparents and kids or parents and kids or whoever to connect in the garden and create those memories together and so the inherent look of a a bulb and stem of a flower made me think of a lollipop and I thought how cool would it be if a lollipop could grow a flower it was it was just a really just like abstract idea um and I thought it was cool I shared it with my sister she thought it was cool but I you know I was I've always been the idea but the follow-through was was something I didn't know how to do and I didn't have examples of, of people doing that around me. 
Um, so years later, um, working with, uh, I was doing these installs for medical devices at different naval bases around the, the country and Taylor was traveling with me. I explained the idea and she was the one that was like, let's do this. Let's make it happen. I think we can make it real. And, um, and so that was the first moment Amberella kind of was, was born. Yeah. So Brennan and I were, we would be living in Florida for a month at a time or Okinawa, Japan, which was absolutely incredible. And I was a journalist writing about any stories I could find on, you know, small businesses. A lot of them were small businesses. A lot of the topics I was covering were farm to table. They were sustainable beauty. Um, there are topics that just were interesting to me. And I had the privilege of being able to kind of follow through with the things that I was seeing on the road with Brennan. And so sometimes he would be off and he would get to come along to those interviews with me or talk through these ideas or read a rough, rough draft before it was sent to a publisher. And so I think that this, like the, these topics of companies were just, it was fun for us to, to discuss together. And so when he shared this idea of a lollipop that you could eat and then plant the stick, which could decompose to release seeds and grow an herb or flower, I thought it was amazing. And I grew up with a dad who's an entrepreneur and who had, we talked about business at the dinner table growing up. So to me, it was, that was just my world. Um, so I had no hesitation in let's bring this to life. We didn't necessarily know what Amberella Organics would become, but the idea was too cool to not pursue. Mm -hmm. So Amberella Organics was born in 2016, right? Exactly. And, uh, and you have lollipops that are really unique flavors and yes. you package them in unique ways, right? There's little Easter kits and all types of things. And you want to expand a little bit on your product line? Yeah, absolutely. So when we first started, we knew nothing about candy manufacturing or didn't come from a background of food manufacturing. Um, so we sourced someone to work with us on creating those recipes. It was really important to us for the ingredients in the lollipop to contain herbs and flowers. And then Brennan, one step, one step further from that, thought not only should we contain an herb or flower in the candy, but that same herb or flower should probably be what that customer goes on to grow. So we launched with six flavors in 2016. Um, I, at the time, was interviewing someone named Carly Cylinder, who was releasing a book called The Flower Chef. I shared with her what we were working on prior to launch. And she said, hey, I'm launching my book at Rolling Green's Nursery in LA. Come to my book launch. Bring your lollipops. Give them out. See if people like them. So the night before the event, we were laying in bed building the website on Squarespace. Uh, you know, we smart, uh, very smart of us had created a video that showed time lapse of the lollipops. So you could see a sage stick being planted in soil horizontally, covered with a layer of soil, watered, and then the very beginning of the sage plant starting to grow. So that was the landing page of the website and there was, you know, one or two offerings of those six flavors. 
we received our first uh, wholesale account directly following that launch. And it was Alfred Coffee. And they have very trendy, cool coffee shops in Los Angeles, one on Melrose. And so you had a lot of influencers and um, just people who were into cool, small brands who were promoting this. So from there, we started to grow organically. Um, again, Is that still 2016? Yeah, it's still okay. 2016. We started to do outreach to different wholesale accounts that we would want to be sold with. Then in 2017, we went viral. We had a video that had 10 million views through Now This News, and they found us. They had compiled, they asked for permission to compile some imagery of our Instagram and that video that I that I mentioned. And so the story was shared, and um, that really propelled the company forward. We, from there on, had Nordstrom emailing us and um started to work with Urban Outfitters soon thereafter. And um, because that was, that growth was so huge to our business, we were able to then expand into different product offerings. Um, we started changing the packaging. And, and Brendan, I'll, I'll have you explain what you had designed in terms of the sleeve. It's so different than what we were doing before. Yeah, so the, the sleeves on our lollipops um, gave us the ability to um, really brand and and talk about the lollipop without it being in this a giant package like that was kind of our first like big hurdle was when you print on on a wrapper on a lollipop you can't read anything it's it's basically impossible and so then we started with stickers and then we're like these are taking forever and they're expensive and they don't look good either and so um, I don't know where I thought of the sleeve, but um, we, you know, we have these these paper sleeves that fit on the lollipop with a little window, so you can see the beautiful lollipop, and then we can brand all around it, and the colors immediately tell you kind of what flavor it's going to be, um, and so that's not something that was out there. Um, we kind of do things the most difficult way. We create unique things that no one knows how to make and then we figure out how to make them uh our display the um i designed the um it looks like a flower box um it's a wooden display with turf and the lollipops stick out like flowers with a sign on the back you know no one was they're like it, it's going to be 150 dollars and the minimums that and we're just like starting out and we're so we truly have stuck with our vision and it's been you know, 10 times as hard, but it's been worth it in the end because it's created the aesthetic that we have and, and the brand that we have. And, um, I have to say throughout this entire process, people have tried to get us to compromise our vision, um, to make things easier or make things cheaper. And we've just really, um, stuck to our guns and been like, no, this is important to the brand. This is who it is. And this is what we are. And um, that's just continued uh, throughout the growth of this company. We really know who we are and who our customer is. And we, um, yeah, we're confident in that. What can you share an example or two of how, how people along the way have tried to get you to compromise on aspects of your brand? Uh, those were the two biggest, like 
straight off the bat. Um, I mean, the so the actual lollipop itself, um, mm-hmm. we thought, hey, we need a co-packer to figure out how to make this. Um, the packaging? No, the actual lollipops. Oh, gotcha. Um, you know, it, it's really, as you know, it's really expensive having other food brands on to, to start. You know, it's the minimums are huge. You're developing your ingredients. And on the, at the same time, you're, you're trying to develop a brand. And so coming from outside the confections industry, we were, the first thought was we need a, a co-packer. We need someone that can make this. And um, so we went to the sweets and, and snacks expo and no one could white label what we wanted. Not, not, I was just going to interject and say, and that is because most lollipops are made with machines now because of that's what's efficient. That's, and they're made in other countries. And a lot of, there's so many different ways, as you know, to create a brand. You can create an amazing brand and not produce any of the recipes in house. The recipes can be created outside. They can be made in another warehouse. You can receive the goods, you can package them beautifully and that could be your brand. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for us, we didn't want to create something that already existed. The, the copy and paste model was was totally just not interesting to us. So it was beyond just the seed bearing technology. We really wanted to have a delicious flavor that wasn't out there. And the issue with machines is that as you have all of these petals and herbs moving through, they do not like that. That is not great for a machine. And so that was really a huge obstacle. And furthermore, because machines are programmed to work a certain way, they really just want you to have the same spice stick, the same packaging wrapper. You just have to have to work within their their lim- their limits, and we were not interested in doing that. And I guess for you, for your products, there's the the ingredients and the compilation of the lollipop, but then the stick itself too, because all your sticks are different. And then the com- combination of the two must have also been somewhat complex. Very, and it it was we've. We've gone through multiple iterations of, of the manufacturing process from, you know, a really simple, um, you know, labor intensive, like crazy process that was yielding very little product and took a ton of effort. And we've just scaled and grown it. Um, trial and error, uh, you know, gaining knowledge from other people within the industry. Uh, it's just been every aspect of it has been unique which is extremely difficult to do but also um, is really rewarding to know that we're truly creating something different yeah totally so uh, can you share the names of some of your flavors absolutely um so i would say our top two most universal flavors are probably vanilla and hibiscus, which grows a flower called baby blue eyes. And when baby blue eyes starts to grow, it smells like vanilla. So that for us was like the synchronicity of the pairing. Um, strawberry and basil is another well-loved flavor and that yields basil. Um, we have champagne and roses, which is really popular for sourcing for weddings as favors. Um, we do some baby showers too, which have been wonderful. We have lavender and lemongrass, which grows lavender. Um, some of our newer flavors are blueberry and nettle, blood orange and elderflower, green apple and chamomile. And then we've designed um, 
over the years, as we've grown, we've designed these little packs. So we have a best-selling Garden Lovers 8 pack, which has eight different flavors. We also have a Watering Candy 20 pack, which is in the shape of a watering can. It is not functional like a watering can, as some customers will question, um, but it's just paying, paying tribute to that look. And those are really popular for Mother's Day. So um, yeah, some people buy them individually and some people buy them in kits. And what was the process like to figure out the recipes for the different lollipop flavors? Were you guys making these at home first or did you always know you you needed an outside manufacturer? Yeah. So um, we developed the flavors uh, with a candy maker in Georgia. She was um, hand pouring out there and we needed something organic, um, something that had that clarity that we needed the aesthetics of the lollipops are, are really ultra important. Most aren't the, in general, the lollipop um, or the hard candy industry, it's not very important. You put enough dye in there that it'll just look red or, or, or blue or so we wanted clarity and, and we wanted the herbs to pop. And so, yeah, it, it started with that recipe and, um, and then we found uh, someone that could pour hand pour in Chicago and they um at greater scale at greater scale the numbers we needed and they went out of business and we had about um two weeks of um of notice basically and so at that time we were going viral and we had they already weren't producing enough that we needed and then they went out of business so Throughout this journey, um, there have been a lot of these moments that would have um, just made people quit. It's not worth it. There's what? How are we going to do this? And um, and so then at that point we took it in house and we started manufacturing. And um, for a long time it was just by sheer determination, Taylor and I doing it ourselves, um, staying up, you know, sixteen hours just getting these things done, it, it, it was an incredible time. And, um, it's really created this, um, this attitude within us that we can overcome anything, um, coming up, you know, overcoming these steps, but, uh, yeah, the, the recipes evolved, but, um, yeah, we're really proud of the ingredients we, we put in our products and, um, and think they're phenomenal. And I just want to know, like, some of these obstacles that we have had have been when phenomenal moments are happening, such as, like I mentioned, now this news, 10 million views. That's incredible. It's incredible to have major retailers such as Nordstrom approaching you. And then this, this last mention that Brennan was making when we were losing our co-packer, we were featured. We had like a two-page spread in Food Network magazine, completely organic wonderful and I think that was a Mother's Day feature they were always followed by this like panic behind the scenes of like how do we live up to this this hype how can we properly ship all of these goods and continue to grow and and you know fast forward you know 2016 when we launched and Brennan and I have, we met when we were teenagers and then we're friends for many, many years and started dating 
after college and then, you know, happened to build this business together. But we got married in 2020. And I remember saying to him in our vows, like, there are so many moments where we could have quit on the business. We could have quit on each other. We could have turned against each other. I have full confidence in you and in us because we have been tested. So, um, yeah, it's, we're lucky that we have been able to continue to like build in our relationship and our business together because you never know. That's not necessarily promised. And we just completely were winging it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, How has it been working together? And do you guys, are you guys constantly talking about lollipops and different flavors and packaging or, you know, is it your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're together. We're together. Us and our Vishla, our our dog, we're (laughs) together all day, every day, basically. And um, yeah, I mean, we, we're talking about business. We're talking about our business. We're talking about growing the business. It, it really does become, you know, all encompassing the, the idea of it. And yeah, to have your partner also be your business partner. It, for us, it's probably easier. Um, we're just, there's um, everything shared. And when everything's shared and there's just complete honest dialogue about everything, um, I can see why that'd be a problem for for certain relationships, but for ours, it's just been, um, phenomenal. And, um, yeah, there's a different level of trust and, and respect that you get, um, going through difficulties that most relationships wouldn't have to, um, that, uh, has just made us closer and connected us even more. And I think at a certain point, Brandon will say to me, like, you have to stop talking about business. Or I will say that to him and that's fine. You know, I'm sure others have that same dynamic when they're coming home venting about work. And, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely times where we have to remind the other person, like time to turn off or no, let's not go into the office this weekend. Of course we can work seven days a week if we want, because we can be together and, you know, we can continue to build like the company of our dreams, but maybe let's choose to go to the beach and like take some time to ground and, and like have um, a relationship outside of business. So that's just like a reminder that probably the most important thing that we have to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I grew up in a family business and I remember thinking, mm -hmm. I just remember asking my parents to talk about something else other than the business at some point. So it's hard. I mean, a business is like your baby too, you know, I mean, it requires same attention and similar things as as a child does and as it grows right it requires other things of you so it's uh it's not an easy thing to really kind of put on the back burner you're always on Mm -hmm. I think like for us we actually are due with a baby girl in July and we were I was talking with my mom about just being having a business and having a baby and what that's going to look like and I think a big reminder to myself about our journey thus far has been as an entrepreneur, each and every day can be different. You can be thrown obstacles you weren't expecting, good and bad, and you just have to pivot. And I think I don't know what it will be like to be a mom just yet, but I think that we will constantly just deal with the needs of the moment, just as we've handled our business and 
grow from there. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You'll figure it out. I want to go back for a second to the manufacturing process. So when that manufacturer went out of business and you guys had these orders piling up and you decided to bring it in house, did you go look for a facility and then have to buy all the equipment? So we went to a co-packer. Okay. We, or, or we had had the co-packer that they went out of business. We then went to a shared kitchen space and we started to manufacture ourselves. Thankfully, because we are doing things the more challenging way, we didn't rely on like a 50,000 or half a million dollar machine that would produce these for us. So it wasn't that investment that was needed. It was really just the labor investment, the necessity to produce as many lollipops being poured by hand as fast as possible than every single one of those lollipops being wrapped by hand. That was the struggle. And then the struggle was packing them and shipping them out. And at at that time, there was just the two of us. We hadn't built our business to have a separate, we had the co-packer in place. So we were trying to work on the branding and, and the fulfillment just of orders at that time and sourcing business. So now we were doing it all and that was a struggle and we knew that we needed to build out our own kitchen space. So that's, that was the next goal. We started looking for spaces. Hopefully we can find something that already exists as a kitchen that's in Orange County, California. Nope. Are we willing to drive to LA every day and have our business there and employees there? Uh, So, I mean, there's just been so many different, um, paths and options, but ultimately we found a space in San Clemente, California, where we're currently based. We found an architect and we worked with health department and the city of San Clemente to build up the space. And so that's where our headquarters is now. That's awesome. It was a big journey to get here though. And, you know, we absolutely had no idea what it would take to build out an entire commercial kitchen ourselves. Yeah, I I was starting to f- try to figure that out in my head is how when you have orders to fulfill. Yeah. How did you do it all in such a short time? I mean, did you bring all family and friends in to help with the packaging at that? Okay. Cuz I Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of family help. My, my parents that were a huge huge help um, you know, they were we were at stick we were doing stickers at that time. They're putting stickers on um, you know, we took over most of their house um to i mean it was boxes to the ceiling um we used to send emails on ping pong table ping pong table oh, okay that's where we would do our email outreach when we first began <laughs> yeah we've um given two of oh no all three of my nieces um their first jobs um have, have been for ambarella uh taylor's mother's helped her 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 dad was was a big help um, in the the you know figuring out how to manufacture and, and grow and scale. Uh, he was he was a massive help. So, but yeah, w- when you're in a pinch like that, um, you really uh, when you can lean on family and and they can be there for you. Um, it's my sister. I mean, I, I really you know basically everyone pitched in. Um, but yeah, my parents have always been hugely um, supportive and, uh, and they got us through that time. But yeah, it's, it's funny to laugh about it now, but at the time it was just like how it, it just seemed impossible. 
we've had a lot of, we've had to sacrifice a lot saying no to a friend's wedding so that we could ship orders or go to an event. And that's how it's, that's how it's worked. I mean, I think, thankfully we've had to do it together. So if it was something that we had to do alone, it would have, it would have been too impossible. So. That's amazing. Um, can you share where the name Amberella came from? Yes. We were watching a nature show. I forget what it was called. I think it took place in like the UK or something. And this was before we officially had launched the business. And this man was talking about the Amberella genus and how it was the first flower to move from water to land and how it still exists today. And it's continued to evolve into all these other flowering plants. And I was like, Brennan, pause Netflix. This is it. Amberella. And then he said, Amberella Organics. So it was just this moment. We hadn't even really been talking about names. The name just kind of came to us. And we loved that it, we had never heard it before and that it paid tribute to all of the herbs and flowers that we would be using. Botanicals will always be the core of Amberella. We are actually working on a vegan sugar-free um, gummy that we're going to launch. All of the flavors will be botanical. All of the shapes will be daisy, bee, butterfly, um, sunflower. So yeah, it feels very fitting that this name encompasses everything. Do you foresee staying in the in the candy business with your creations? Yeah, I so we really opened a lot of doors and and created a lot of buzz through the seed bearing lollipops, just the unique I mean, it was, the articles kind of wrote themselves. It was just, they're so fun. They're so, um, they're just beautiful and, and interesting. Uh, but I, when we started growing, we realized that we have a lot to give in a lot of different, um, categories. And so we're going to continue to, to evolve the confection space, but we are going to evolve into a a corporation that touches everything in every aisle in grocery we have really big a really big vision for um what we're building here and we uh we can see ourselves in a lot of different categories so yes confections um we're we're going to continue to grow and evolve um and add skews to but um you'll be seeing a lot from us those other products that we want to create will still have that same DNA. Like I, like I shared with botanicals, like the quality ingredients, there's sugar-free is a huge buzzword right now. And it's something that we were always very skeptical of as people who use organic cane sugar, because we always believed like the thing that's been around the longest, our bodies know how to absorb it. It's not this trickery that ends up um, raising your blood glucose even higher, but, you know, touts being healthy. We're not into the marketing of tricking customers. We want customers to understand what they're digesting. So when we started to work with a chemist on this sugar-free botanical gummy, it was like, well, what is chicory root fiber and why is it a good prebiotic for your body? And so these quality ingredients that we're sourcing are super important to us. We always want to be able to explain why we're using what we are and add something different to the markets, add something different to your local coffee shop. 
there's no no need to create something that's already out there. People are already doing it. So um, as Brennan said, like we have ambitions to do a lot of different things, but it will always be botanical quality ingredients, sustainability in some aspect or another, um, and something different. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- will there be a part of the gummies that one can plant in the ground too? Unfortunately, not with the gummies, Um, but thankfully we are sourcing 100% recyclable packaging. Okay. We were determined to source 100% compostable packaging. That is something that if we could rally the entire industry of food and beverage to get behind, it could be something easily accessible to customers. Unfortunately, because it's not, it takes forever to source the packaging is in and of itself, even without the gummies within is like triple the cost of the gummies that you're going to find on your shelf. Because of that, it wouldn't even be possible, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be. So we just have to continue to find that hundred percent recyclable packaging, which we intend to launch with, and then keep pushing these compostable packaging companies to lower their prices so that we can then be something that's put directly into soil. Um, I also want to go back to the sticks. Were you, when you brought manufacturing in-house, were the sticks, did the sticks also come in-house or just the top of the lollipop? Yeah, they, um, so they've always been in-house. We developed a a technology to make them from the very beginning. Um, That has gotten better and better um, as uh, we patented the stick and we, um, continue to make it faster and better to manufacture. But um, yes, it's, it's always been in-house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you guys patent that technology? Okay, yes. Great. That's awesome. And um, do you, will that always be an element of your brand? I know it's not part of the gummy bears, but like, will that be a goal of the brand as you grow is to find ways to plant trees or plant other herbs or plant flowers? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really the connection to the garden and the environment. Um, I think that that's like the biggest piece um, I, I take from the stick. Um, we've had a lot of teachers buy these for their students and we've had students actually reach out and say, yeah, this was such a cool product and it made me think differently about trash and, and how, how trash works. And so that's that's really the goal is to inspire um, people to think this thing that's always existed. Um, lollipops have existed for hundreds of years. Um, why isn't the stick? You know, if the stick can be planted and grow a plant, um, why can't a car be electric? Why can't you know? There, there's so many. Um, it's it's really the inspiration and and the ability to um, create a dialogue about what can be sustainable everything can be sustainable there's a price but we can figure it out um, so i think that that woven, woven through all our products um, is really important to the brand yeah and i also think when we first developed these flavors like sage and marshmallow lavender lemongrass lemon and thyme those were some of the first flavors that we launched with we started to go to smorgasburg in LA and different like pop-up farmers markets, renegade craft fair and so on. And we would have parents say, Oh, it's 
it's such a great idea, but I don't think that my child is going to love that flavor. And we said, let them try, let them try and let's see what they think. The kid would, you know, tear off the wrapper and would plop it in their mouth and absolutely love it. So I think this also, this, what this suggests is that palates of kids are even more evolved than we assume. How cool is it for a kid to see lavender in a lollipop, eat that lavender, and then go on to grow it, use it in a craft project? Now they have a relationship with that plant. There was recently there was some sort of Instagram thing that was going around that was that was saying, "Here are five brands. Name these brands. You can do it easily." Then it was like, "Here are five plants. What are these plants?" It shows we have a massive disconnect with nature and plants, and it wasn't always this way. If we can give kids and even adults a way to understand plants and hear names like nettle in a lollipop, then maybe they're going to Google nettle and go, wow, nettle has a ton of minerals and it's excellent to consume with iron for absorption. It's just, that's another part of it too that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll build an education component to the company? Oh, we would love to. I think eventually the goal will be to to grow all of the herbs and flowers that go into the candy themselves. Like for us, that would be incredibly special. I then think that there could be an education component with kids, a way to like give back to the local community with food. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of opportunities that are that are in the works as we continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, so on a more tactical or strategic level, do you guys actually have a business plan or how do you how do you identify what your next product will be? So for example, after these gummies are out there on the market, do you already know what's next or you kind of want to see how the gummies are accepted into the market, how they do before you figure out the next thing? Yeah, I mean, so we're in the develop in development stage of um three other products um, that we're not um, we're not really advertising yet. But yeah, I mean, the ideas and, and what's next is limitless. Like that, that's never been our problem. It, it's really, um, it's really perfecting something in a market, building out the SKUs where it's not just skews for skews that's what a lot of people in venture capital kind of end up doing when when they start investing in people they just start throwing out skews that don't really make sense um it's kind of confusing almost uh when uh an almond milk company makes you know a, a cereal like it, it they just they have all the categories have to make sense so we we do have products coming and we're always evolving and, and growing and building these products but because we're doing them differently they do take a lot of time to develop and so it's it's great to have you know this thing that we're pushing at the same time we're developing two or three other products in the wings so yeah we, we always have a plan moving forward but of course if if the gummies take off and we need four new um, SKUs, that's going to push a couple other products a little farther down the timeline. So it does evolve um, with demand when we launch things, but um, we definitely do have a, a vision and a plan going mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. um, how many employees do you guys have now? We're team of five. Mm -hmm. We're tiny. We have you always remained with five. really small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that the goal anytime that we're hiring and that we're growing the team and, and that five is just internal. We have a much bigger team of photographers and graphic designers and um, like print designers that we work with. Um, even our packaging company, like these are, these are true partners to us and um, instrumental in our growth. So yeah, they're not on our payroll, but they are like a huge sure. part of yeah, no, I get it. But I think that like the reason that we have remained tiny and mighty <laughs> is because the reality is you want everyone to be on the same page and working towards the same goal. It doesn't necessarily help to have a ton of bodies who aren't strategically focused on what the mission is, who don't like believe in or or like want to necessarily work as hard to achieve the goal the goal for like the entire company so like Brenda and I always say to our team like when we rise when Amberella rises you guys rise we all collectively grow together when we work to change the way that we're manufacturing something it's because we're alleviating some of the pressure from our team from ourselves so um yeah, I think that as we continue to grow and hire people, it will be instrumental for them to have that same vision that we do. Mm-hmm. That's great. And have you guys taken any outside invest- investment or no? So we actually brought on partners just in the last six months. Um, the partnership was extremely organic the way that it fell into place. We have had numerous offers over the year, both with VC, angel investors, and so on. And we have always turned away from them, mostly because for us, we have built the business to be profitable from day one. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be able to eat or have health insurance. (laughs) So um, the reason that we didn't take on outside capital earlier was because for us, it wasn't essential to have the money. We really wanted to be able to grow in a meaningful way. We were putting in the time ourselves. We didn't want to give up equity. Mm-hmm. So when we joined our, when we brought on partners within the last six months, it was not because of capital. It was because of who they are and the mentorship and um, the possibilities of what we can build together. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So what is, uh, where, where is the best place for people to order your products? AmbarellaOrganics.com. That is spelled A-M-B-O-R-E-L-L-A Organics.com. You can also find us on Instagram where we periodically will do giveaways. Um, you can see all of our new product releases there as well. Okay. That's great. And so the gummies are next. You're in about how many retail stores would you say across the U.S.? It looks like well over 50. Oh, gosh, we're we're probably in 300, I think, because some of our retailers, like such as Urban Outfitters, they just have so many different stores. Um, I would say like independent mom and pop shops who we still absolutely love um, as we continue to grow. Like we have our sites set on Target. We have our sites set on whole foods and sprouts and so on, but we never want to let go of our small coffee shops and like mom and pop retailers because they're sourcing products from around the U.S. that are truly special. Um, So there's about maybe like 150 of those smaller stores that we love. Oh, that's awesome. 
Do you guys plan to own a farm one day or do you already? I know you want to grow your own herbs and yeah, I, I think that is definitely part of the plan um, would be to um, to grow the herbs and flowers in our products because they, they're going to weave um, throughout all, all these different products we have planned. Um, so, yeah, we would love to, um, you know, we're not um, farmers by trade. We have far, a lot of farming in the family, um, generations down. Um, and yeah, we would love to uh, to incorporate that in Umbrella for sure. For now, we have to make do with our um, our backyard garden, which is like a propped garden bed, and there we grow a bunch of different like vegetables for inside, and then we also grow like all of the seed-bearing sticks, especially when we're doing trials to release a new flavor to make sure like. For example, champagne and roses. Roses far too difficult to germinate, so we had to do forward with Rosetta Cosmo, which is just a nod to that namesake of the rose. So we're also doing like R&D of growth with the sticks on our end too. No, that's awesome. I mean, you guys weren't confectioners either, right? Before 2016, but you figured that out. So I have no idea. I mean, I have no doubt that you will figure out how to be amazing farmers someday soon too. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Taylor and Brennan. It's been great to hear your story. So great to talk with you. Thank you for having us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to the Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.